We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, the Bulls actually did it, finally beating Giannis and Dedekumpo in the Bucks. An incredible all-around performance from the Bulls to steal game two of this first-round playoff series in Milwaukee. 114-110, tying the series at 1-1. to the Bulls, it was a struggle late uh, throughout the second half, but, man, they held on. They dug deep. DeMar DeRozan, the top star of the game, after shooting 6 of 25 in game one and saying that wasn't going to happen again, holy shit, did DeMar walk the walk, goes off for 41 points, four assists, seven rebounds, shoots 16 of 31 from the field. DeMar was absolutely money throughout this game, played 44 minutes. Really, this was the DeRozan life raft offense we saw so many times this year, and he was nails down the stretch. Nikola Vucevic, I thought one of his better games of the entire season, 24 points, 13 rebounds, the most important stat, three of eight shooting from three-point range. So many people got on Vooch for taking 10 threes last game. Jason, he's got to shoot those shots. The Bulls have no chance if he's not. He made him tonight. It was a huge part of this victory. I also thought Vooch was phenomenal on the defensive end. Alex Caruso playing like a full-on maniac. He looks healthy again after the villain Grayson Allen tried to knock him out earlier this season. But Caruso won't be silenced. He looked fucking great. And somehow, some way, the Bulls weathered an onslaught from Giannis Antetokounmpo, playing the five, looking like the best player in the world, finishes with 33 points, 18 rebounds, nine assists, putting the five for long stretches with Bobby Portis getting knocked out early in the game by an elbow from Tristan Thompson. The Bucks trying to do it without Chris Middleton, who left the game, I believe, in the fourth quarter after experiencing knee soreness. Man, it was close, Jace. There were, cha- there were times in the fourth it seemed like they might blow it. 
but the Bulls hold on 114-110 to win game two of the first round series. We're going back to Chicago with a tied series, man. Unbelievable. Definitely was not expecting this tonight. Great effort, honestly, from the very start. After, in game one, Bucks went up, I think it was 9-0 right away. Bulls went up 9-0 right away today. They forced like three turnovers uh, in the first few possessions, went up 9-0. I mean, the Bulls outplayed the Bucks almost the entire game today. They held the lead for most of the night. They won it by as many as 18, withstood all these runs. We knew that it was going to happen. We, we knew the Bulls were not going to blow the Bucks out on their home court that just or just blow them out in general. We knew that wasn't going to happen. The Bucks were going to make runs. Giannis made his runs. I mean, Giannis had 33-18-9 tonight. I mean, ridiculous stat line. Uh, also got plenty of help from the officiating, as Giannis always does. He's one of the best players in the world. Gets plenty of calls. But he was great. Uh, but the Bulls a- answering the bell every time. They withstood all these b- huge fucking punches from Giannis. And, I mean, Middleton did get hot before he got injured. Drew Holiday hit some big shots in the fourth quarter. The Bulls answered every time. And DeMar, like you said, DeMar was right. He said there's no way that we're going to be this bad again. And this time around, he just had an awesome game. He started – I feel like the start to DeMar's game wasn't great, but he ended up, again, yeah, 41 points, 16 to 31, seven rebounds, four assists. Vooch, as you said, was fantastic. Loved – Vooch has been pretty good. I mean, even game one, I loved the process with Vooch. He just couldn't make any fucking shots. But today he did hit those shots, four of eight from three. To all the people who wanted Vooch to stop shooting threes – uh, he's got to keep shooting those open threes. And today he did again, and he went four of eight today, including a huge one in crunch time. Uh, Zach, mostly quiet, but he's still at 20. Did hit one big three-pointer down the stretch. Huge to get uh, those three guys back on track. You mentioned Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, probably the X factor in this game. Nine points, 10 assists, plus 16. That was a team best, team best plus 16. He also had three three-pointers. Three, three uh, he did miss a few down the stretch there, but hitting him hitting any in general was a huge difference from uh, the last like uh, the last half of the season when he wasn't making anything. Bulls shot 12 to 25 from three overall, uh, huge for them to make those three pointers. Uh, so yeah, going back to Chicago, one one was not not expecting this at all. Huge stones for them to to withstand the, the Giannis onslaught coming down the stretch. There were, I mean, Giannis just. Once they he starts turning it on, literally just uh, bowling over guys going to the basket, uh, cr- creating great shots for himself, for others. They withstood it. I, I think it was I who had I think somebody had a big block. I think Caruso had a huge huge sequence. I think it was in the fourth quarter where he blocked Giannis with some help defense, and I think he found Zach maybe for a late three. Uh, so just an incredible effort from the Bulls tonight. And again. They have outplayed the Bucks through two games. Uh, you could lament maybe the Bulls blowing that game one opportunity. If the Bulls would have actually won that game one, maybe this game goes differently. But to get one game here in Milwaukee is huge, considering a lot of us were thinking maybe the Bulls will be lucky to get one game in the series. To actually get one of these first two in Milwaukee and to come back to Chicago with a 1-1 series tie is amazing. So, so much credit to the Bulls tonight for their effort. These first two games in Milwaukee have been great. Uh, and it just redeeming a lot of just the bullshit that we saw down the stretch the second half of the season. They've really come out and played hard. I thought Billy's done a pretty good job. A few There were a few issues tonight, again, with some of the rotations when they almost blew the, that huge lead in the third quarter. But for the most part, what the Bulls have been doing 
these first two games really can't complain too much. And for them to be, I think the only, they, they're the only team in the East, uh, the lower, lower seed in the East who have won one of these games so far. I think all the other games are, all the other series are 2-0 or 3-0. So credit to the Bulls. I'm fucking jacked up right now. James. Jacked and juiced. Let's go. It's almost midnight here in Chicago, and I feel like I'm not going to go to sleep until 4 a.m. That game was just so life-affirming and incredible. Like, I did not know the Bulls still had this level of play in them. Same. I think this is the best they've looked probably since mid-January, the last time they were mostly healthy together on the floor, and they dug deep, especially defensively. We'll talk more about that later. But I want to start with DeRozan because, to me, this game really changed entering the fourth quarter. Bulls up 87-80, to 80, and a few minutes later, that lead is 96 to 80. It was DeRozan. It was Nikola Vucevic, both hitting tough pull-up shots. You saw the Bucks go to the Giannis at the five look with Portis out of the game with a scratched eye. Uh, Giannis was on an island against DeRozan so many times late in this game. For my money, Giannis is the best defensive player in the NBA. He's won defensive player of the year. Before, of course, he has two MVPs. Uh, DeRozan showed no hesitation in attacking Giannis. Got him on an island, got to the spots he wanted to get to. And to me, it looked like Giannis was a little scared to foul DeMar on the follow-through of his shots. All of Giannis's contests were either half-hearted or a little late. You know, you don't want to be overly jumpy when you're defending DeMar on an island like that because he's so good at drawing fouls. I thought DeMar was just absolutely incredible. To say that you're not going to shoot 6 of 25 again, everyone shits on you on social media. Your entire career has been defined by getting your ass kicked in the playoffs, on the biggest stages, by the best players in the league like LeBron James up to this point. And what does DeMar do? He stares down Giannis in the fucking eyes and he drills jumper after jumper in his face. It was fucking beautiful, dude. If you don't like that, you know, you don't like basketball. I tweeted that during the game and I just believe it to be so true. We got Kevin Farrigan with us here on the call. Kevin is, of course, from the Dennis Podman podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to that. Kevin, I know we were texting a bit during the game. Holy shit. What's going on? How do you feel about that win? Uh incredible i i mean there's there's really i i'm almost lost for words but you know i i never shut up so um i i will have some words uh the the i want to give a big shout out to uh, nikola vucevic i mean this was demar's game obviously um but i thought that uh the idea that there were people saying that he should have taken fewer threes because he missed like that's just a that's a results over process argument. I think right? our guy. Yeah. I said I love the process for Vooch in game yeah. one, even though he missed. The process was great. Take those open shots. You got to do it tonight. You made them. Yeah, and I actually thought in the first game he could have taken more. Like there were times where he was wide open at the top of the key, and he looked for the dribble handoff instead of just launching. And uh, I think that those shots are just going to continue to be there, and I think he has to take them because part of the reason the Bucks have to single cover DeMar generally um, is because they can't really cheat off of Vooch very much because he can shoot that three. And they, they concede it to a certain extent, but they don't want to totally concede it. Uh, and they don't want to give him advantage situations where he can pass in the short roll. Um, although, uh, I will say, I'm kind of surprised that the Bucks haven't trapped more on DeMar, given how much the Bulls struggled with that. Uh, I don't know if that's just Bud... Uh, not thinking he needs to do that. Um, but Vucevic was just great 
uh, on both ends of the floor. And I, I think honestly, he's, he was good in the first game. I thought his defense was, was good in the first game. It was more just the shots weren't going, but the shots weren't going for anybody on the bulls. So I thought, um, you know, I've been a pretty big, uh, I've gotten pretty frustrated with Fooch over the course of the year just because his shot As hasn't been have. falling. Yeah, I mean, it's been <laughs> frustrating. He's a guy that gets paid to to make shots, and he hasn't been able to make shots. But he, he's done pretty much everything else that he's uh, able to do at a pretty high level. And I thought he made things really difficult for, for Giannis around the basket when he wasn't getting um, – you know, the, the most friendly whistle uh, I've seen in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I just, I, that, I mean, as an aside, that I don't understand how every time he drives his shoulder into somebody's chest, uh, it's a foul on them, but uh, apparently it is. Uh, He's MVP. But, it, they, he gets the calls, so whatever. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he does. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, hopefully that some of that was just, you know, Milwaukee getting a home whistle. I'm yeah. hoping that he, the Bulls get a slightly better whistle in, in Chicago. Well, that, that hasn't really been the case all year, it feels like. Um, but that's enough negativity. This game has been, you know, uh, this game was amazing. I watched the first half, uh, you know, getting uh, drinks with a friend and was just could not believe uh, that the Bulls were – frankly dominating and I you know before the game had started I was complaining that the Bulls had had blown the game that I thought they could steal uh because they I genuinely felt like they outplayed the Bucks in the first game and then they outplayed them again so now we're at two games uh out of two that the Bulls I genuinely feel like they've outplayed the Bucks they've stolen home court and Chris Middleton has you know some kind of knee injury so let me let me get in here Chris Middleton MCL sprain he's going to miss time so yeah, so that, that is an opening for the Bulls for sure. I mean, MCL sprain was pro- is at least probably I, I don't know if he'll be back for the rest of the series. Like, yeah, we might there's not no way he's that, back right. in the next couple games. So like, yeah, an MCL sprain is that's a serious injury. Um, yeah, and all that to say that and like obviously you don't root for injuries. I but like they they do happen, and if you have the opportunity, like this might be a series now. I mean, I. I could not believe I'm saying that, but uh, I tweeted it before I came on here, and I, you know, I genuinely believe the Bulls have out, have played better in both games, and I have been really impressed with Billy Donovan's uh, overall game plan and the Bulls' ability to execute it. Um, you know, shots are going to go in or they're not going to go in. I so that first game, I kind of, you know, I you can't. That is just a variance, I think, for the most part. Um, and they got obviously some positive variants uh, tonight with um, some of the shot making and uh, Vooch really going off. But um, and, and obviously Demar having the game of his life, <laughs> um, at least in the playoffs. And so yeah, I mean, anyways, I'm rambling, but just incredible <laughs> game, so fun. I'm wearing my my Bulls socks, my Bulls hoodie, and my throwback Bulls. Uh, you know, dynasty t- uh, title shirt, and I can promise you, I will be wearing all of them. Uh, every game for the rest of the series <laughs> because they got the W and you know now I'm gonna be a, a weird superstitious fan but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> uh, I I'm kitted out and uh, you know let, let's go man I I think this could be a series yeah um, I totally agree and it's unfortunate that Middleton sprained MCL I mean that is a huge happening in this series and really the reason the Bulls were in control in the first half of this game is because Middleton was playing like shit. I don't know if this 
injury is like brand new if it was lingering a bit. But the player we saw who had CJ McCollum and Kendrick Perkins saying that he was Batman and Giannis was Robin in the NBA finals last year. Now, obviously Middleton did not deserve to win MVP in the finals, but the fact that like people who played the game were saying that shit publicly just shows you how good Middleton was on such a big stage last year. Middleton has not been at that level this entire season coming off the Olympics, the long finals run. Uh, He made the all-star team in Anyone paying attention to the league, and especially people paying attention to the Bucks, said he didn't deserve that spot. Drew Holiday deserved that spot. Yeah, our our guy that. Ty Windish on the on our preview pod from Eurosep said Drew should have had that had that All Star spot instead. So Middleton was not good in the first half of this game. Then Middleton starts cooking in the third quarter. Bucks go on a little bit of a run, make it more of a game. Uh, and, you know, him being out and Bobby Portis being out is just I mean, that's one of the reasons the Bulls won this game. And one of the reasons why you can talk yourself into this being a competitive series. Now, I fully agree that the Bulls have been the better team since this series started. They shot like shit in game one today. Those shots fell and they got the dub. So I know we have a ton of people here want to bring some people up on stage. Steph. I'm going to invite an invitation to you. I see you're listening. If you want to come up, share your thoughts. I'm sure everyone would like to hear it uh, if you're able to. And what I really want to talk about for now is the Bulls' defense in this game. They held Milwaukee to a 111.1 offensive rating, and that's a little higher than it would have been because the Bucks got two free throws at the end of the game That when like, the game was already decided. But that 111 offensive rating, this is per cleaning the glass, would have finished 20th in the league. And for the Bulls to be able to find that level of grit, intensity, and just aptitude defensively tonight is really, really shocking. The Bulls have been a dog shit defensive team since Lonzo Ball went down, and they're totally up to this challenge. I love the way they're defending Giannis, showing him multiple bodies on the catch every single time he's put in a position to attack. Billy made some adjustments late in the game, going from Patrick Williams to Alex Caruso is Giannis's primary defender. And look, Giannis had some ridiculous moments in this game because he's the best player in the world, in my opinion. But credit the Bulls for doing enough to keep them at bay. I see we got Steph here. Steph, what's going on? Give us your top line thoughts about what you just watched. I can't believe the Bulls actually won because I'm pretty sure this is the first time you guys have done one of these live podcasts after a win. (laughs) (laughs) Single time, it's like a 25-point blowout, and we're just commiserating on here. I believe we did one after the Clippers, uh, the DeMar 50-point game. I think we did one. I can't remember. Either way, go ahead. Yeah, this is is a very strange feeling to celebrating with you guys. Uh, it's, It's pretty nice, but yeah, I mean... I feel like we should be talking more about Alex Caruso. He's just, like, so amazing. I mean, Ricky, yes. you were touching on it a little bit there, but he guarded uh, Giannis really well, like, throughout the whole regular season, too, and Billy saved it until the fourth quarter. I can understand why, I'm sure. It takes a lot of energy to do that, but um, I, I think the Bulls have something there for real. Like, I mean, we have, like, a pretty decent sample here at this point, and he's, he's just such a smart defender. Obviously, there's such a huge physical mismatch there, but Caruso just figures out a way to get stuff done, so... That was uh that was definitely my favorite part of watching this game. And Caruso gave you something offensively in this game, hitting three threes. How many times this year did Caruso hit three or more threes? I don't have his game logs in front of me, but 
I mean, that's something that it most probably happened a handful of times. I mean, again, I brought this up. I mean, just the end of the season, he was not even close on most of his three point shots. I feel like when he, I guess it looks like he had a few okay games here, but uh, for the most part, he, I feel like he just was not shooting well. Looking, he had one, two, three, three games where he had three three pointers. Three games all season where he had three three pointers. Yeah, he had four, ten assists. And some just huge decision making plays. Uh, a few huge sequences. I mentioned the one where I think he blocked Giannis, like helping, and then he found, had a huge rebound at the end of the game too. When it looked like the Bulls were about to fall apart in the fourth quarter, just some huge plays, huge decision making. Fuck the Lakers. Uh, way to give up that guy instead of Taylor Horton Tucker. I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah, and like Kevin just said, the big tap out rebound with the yes. Bulls, I believe, up three on really the possession that sort of locked it down yeah lost Kevin hopefully Kevin can get back on but Caruso just total maniac you mentioned the 10 assists he was moving the ball he did not make a two-point field goal but he's spacing the floor he's making quick decisions as a passer and he is truly an elite level defensive player defense is half the game for the Bulls to have Caruso on a four-year contract who's making 10 million dollars a year man I hope he can just stay healthy because that dude he does not know how to throttle it back, right? He only knows how to play one way, and that way is throwing himself all over the floor. It's the biggest, baddest players in the league, even when it's Giannis. I think his hand-eye coordination, I tweeted this during the game, his hand-eye coordination on some of these challenges is just remarkable. It'll be a chaotic situation, and somehow Caruso can make a clean swipe at the ball. We saw that several times. Did he take a charge in this game? Like He was just throwing himself all over the floor, uh, and yeah, like Steph, I was going to say that Caruso did not look like himself towards the second half of the season when he came back from the injury. And in this game, this was the Caruso that really endeared himself to Bulls fans throughout the season, just making winning plays on both ends. The big offensive rebound at the end of the game. It was just awesome. I think you nailed it, Ricky. Like the, I think a huge part of why the Bulls sucked in the second half of the season was, I mean, yeah, Alonzo and Caruso were out. Caruso came back, but he was not the same player. I mean, I would say he was probably 50% of himself when he first came back. He said he rushed his rehab, like if this injury had occurred in the offseason, would have uh, taken way more of his time to get back. And, and now, you know, they gave him a couple games off. Thank God the Bulls uh, couldn't move up in, in their seating. Like they were stuck at six. It actually forced Donovan to, to sit this guy. And, uh, you know, just getting back to like, 90% of what he was before is such a massive difference. I mean, it's just like night and day from what we saw two weeks ago. Kevin, how'd you feel about Caruso tonight? He was incredible. I mean, he, uh, he had that uh, rebound on the, on the last possession where the bulls, it, they, they got basically, it was a three shot possession that DeMar ended up finishing it uh, with the layup the driving layup to put him up five and basically seal the game. I mean, Caruso got the first rebound on that one. That was like, that was a huge play. Um, and I, I was going to say uh, when Steph was talking about Caruso on, uh, on Giannis, I, I think the thing that the bulls have done a really good job with is um, having Caruso take, uh, take on Giannis and getting into him and getting into his dribble. Uh, and then if uh, Giannis is able to, get around Caruso with his length. Um, they make him see size with Vooch at the rim. And I think that combination has been like really frustrating to him. Uh, you know, obviously he was still very dominant. Um, 
overall and, you know, got to the line a ton. And, you know, he, he's one of the, if not the best player in, in the world right now. Uh, so you're not going to like completely, uh, shut him off, but they, they absolutely were making him work. And, um, just to, you know, I've, this has been my Vooch love fest, but I also want to just shout him out for, uh, playing the the last few minutes with five fouls and not getting fouled out of the game while still making things difficult for the Bucks and Giannis in particular. It was pretty incredible, but uh, to take it back to Caruso, I mean, he he's just everywhere, um, and he's just such a winning player. I mean, that that's a cliche that gets used a lot, but, like, it's, it's very accurate about him. And um, assuming he can stay healthy for, like, uh, the lifetime of his contract, that is going to be – a huge steal uh, by the front office. And I just hope that with his maniac playing style that gremlin he, mode, baby. Yeah. That he does not, uh, that he doesn't, you know, consistently get injured, but um, he looks healthy now. And that, that's the most important thing. Uh, and I'm uh, to the point that uh, Steph made, I'm so happy that, <laughs> that they uh, got locked into their seating so that they could give him a rest. I, I, um, I mean, I said it at the time, but I kind of wish that they had done the same with Zach because he still doesn't look totally right. Um, he's, you know, he's been good enough, uh, but I, you know, the this these games probably look even a little bit better for the Bulls if they have uh, Zach from the first half of the year. Well, yeah, one thing that jumps out to me looking at the cleaning the glass numbers in this game, the Bulls only took 17% of their shots at the rim compared to 41% from for the Bucks. So that 17% from the Bulls would have ranked in the ninth percentile on the season. To me, what that shows and what we watched in that game, too, is Zach Levine not confidently attacking the rim. We know DeMar has his spots on the floor, that mid-range area, where he's going to take a lot of his shots – There's not a lot of other players on this team who can consistently pressure the rim. To me, when the Bulls' offense has become stagnant, it's largely because of that. Like, they're not bending defenses, getting looks at the rim. That's on Zach uh, to do that because he is the quickest first step in the league. Or, I don't know about in the league, but on the team for sure. And he's the one guy who's able to, you know, just consistently get to the bucket. Tonight, did it a few times, but mostly – uh, especially in the second half. Looks in the was, first half. Yeah, w- was looking to defer. He played 43 minutes, went 7 to 13 from the field, 20 points. On paper, it looks like a good game, but really, this looked like Zach Levine at half speed. You wonder can Levine get back to being, you know, his 100% self? Probably very unlikely that that's going to happen anytime this season or in this series, but can he even give the Bulls more than he gave them tonight? Because they are going to need him to be a better scorer than he was tonight, I think, if they're actually going to win this series and not just make it frustrating for the Bucs. Steph, do you have any thoughts on what you saw offensively tonight from the Bulls, whether it was DeMar, Vooch, Zach, or just anything you saw from uh, Billy Donovan strategically? Looks like Steph bounced today. Looks like he's 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 looks like he's got to go uh got to go take a take a sleep. But uh, Ricky, to yeah, your point Steph, about Steph, Zach, Steph has small children, so yeah, I think he does. He's probably exhausted. I I, just, I I don't have small. I don't think any of us have small children here. So Steph's got to go sleep. It's fucking. Well, it's it is late as shit. This up. is an eight eight like like a nine p.m. Central Time start. Really late night for us here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. But Ricky, to your point about Zach, yeah, I mean, he looked pretty good in the first half, totally invisible in the second half outside of his one big clutch three, which he did hit. Good for him. Great that he hit that clutch three-pointer. But he was mostly just, like, not in the action at all in the second half. Uh, so, I, the Bull, I mean, if the Bulls are going to have to pull this upset here, they're going to need more Zach. He's going to have to attack the basket more. He only took four free throws. DeMar took nine. I mean, the Bulls, they only took 15 free throws overall. And I just don't know if it's just his, if it's the knee, if it's the game plan, like what they're doing with him. Yeah, Ty just said here, he just seems like he's floating off ball. I feel like that's true. I believe in the fourth quarter they did. So we were talking earlier about trapping tomorrow. I feel like they they were starting to trap a bit more. I mean, that's when Zach's really got to be able to take advantage of stuff. All, bottom line is Zach's going to have to be better. I mean, he, 20 points in 43 minutes is not bad. He had a fine game. Obviously, the Bulls won. Defensively, he was fine. But the Bulls are going to need more from Zach to win to, if they're going to have to pull pull this upset. Uh, I just don't, it, it, we've, been talking about, we've been talking about this for a while now. I, I just don't know if he has it in him. I just We don't know just like how much that knee is bothering him. He said it himself. Uh, he's not going to be back to 100%. Yeah, right. We know. Yeah, we definitely know he's not at 100%. What that level is at that he can give every night, we just don't know. It is nice that we don't have to play back-to-backs in the playoffs, but uh, he definitely just doesn't look like his normal – just always explosive stuff. He like at moments there are times where like the first half he had a few really nice moments, smooth baskets. We looked kind of explosive driving the bat, driving to the hoop, but he just like can't put it together for like long stretches of time where he can really put his imprint on the game, uh, like Demar has. Even like Vooch, I mean D- Vooch was obviously the second best player on the Bulls tonight, uh, and Zach was a clear third. 
or maybe even fourth. I mean, I, you could probably argue Caruso is a more impactful player than Zach tonight. So, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've just, it's, it's just been tough with Zach with this knee injury. We just don't know really how much that is actually bothering him. It's tough. Yeah. So a couple other things. Uh, first of all, anyone who wants to jump on stage, give a couple quick comments. Uh, we'll treat it like a sports talk radio show. You can come in, say what's <laughs> up, give us your comment or two. And uh, anyone who wants to jump on stage, Jason will approve, approve you. A couple other things, and thank you, everyone, for hanging out. How about Patrick Williams? Yes. We, we haven't talked about him yet at all yet. We didn't know if Patrick Williams was going to be part of this team for the playoff run. Could have been out for the season after that scary wrist injury suffered in the fifth game of the year. I'm a dirty play for Mitchell Robinson, let's be honest. But not only is Pat back, Pat has given the Bulls huge minutes, 32 minutes for Patrick Williams. He's guarding Giannis for long stretches of the game. He's on the floor in closing time. We know that last fifth starter spot would have belonged to Lonzo Ball if he was healthy. He's not. Who's getting that look? It's Patrick Williams, and I really don't think you can take that for granted. Billy could have gone with Io. He could have gone with Kobe. He could have gone with Javante. But he's trusting Pat. What is Pat, 20 years old still? Can Pat even go into a bar yet? Still 20 years old. Doesn't turn 21 until late August. He gave the Bulls some good minutes playing a game he was comfortable playing. Ends the night with 10 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, a block, and a steal. What I liked about Patrick Williams, One, he didn't get shoehorned into being a floor spacer. He went 0 for 2 from three-point range. And just in my opinion, the weakest part of Pat's all-around skill set is like his quick catch-and-shoot ability. I felt like Billy Donovan has wanted to turn him into Michael Bridges for the entirety of this year when he's been on the floor. That's just not the best way to use Pat. Like, even if it would be super valuable to have a high-volume 3 and D shooter in that spot on the floor just to help, like, level everything out, space everything out for DeMar and Zach, well, that's just not the best way Pat can be used. But what can Pat do? He's got a little bit of juice off the dribble. He can get into his one or two dribble mid-range pull-up. We saw him hit a few of those tonight. He also got big at the rim. You know, Pat, you can describe Pat comfortably as a brick shit house. I think he's about 6'7", 220, thighs the size of tree trunks. And it is unreal how small Giannis makes him when they're matched up against each other. Like Giannis is the incredible fucking Hulk, and there's nothing you can do about it. Patrick Williams, who is a giant by any other standard, looks like a small man next to Giannis. But Pat's not backing down. He said it before the game. Giannis is not a god. He's a man like everyone else. He puts on his pants one leg at a time, just like I do. Pat's not scared of the moment, which for a player whose early NBA career has been defined by confidence issues, especially on the offensive end, I love to see the way Patrick Williams is competing. It may not seem like a lot when you look at the final numbers, 10 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 and 9 from the field in 32 minutes. But Pat is giving the Bulls at least solid, steady play on both ends. He's a big body. He's active. He looks disciplined. I like what I'm seeing from Pat so far this series. So we got nine rebounds, huge. Because one of the things with Pat has just been like not being rebounding enough. So that was great. Three assists, also great. There was a couple passes just driving the basket, attacking closeouts, finding three-point shooters. Great to see. Also, he had two huge baskets when the Bucks were making their big run, uh, making one of their runs. I think it was in the third quarter. He had a pull-up mid-range jumper, nailed it. And then he had that drive uh, off the dribble 
took it and finished with his left. I think I can't remember who that was against, but like that kind of Brooke stuff. Lopez. Yeah, it there you go. Yeah. Incredible drive and finish. And that was in a situation where the Bucks were making threatening, making a run, and Pat had two huge buckets to help send the tide. The Bucks obviously did end up getting closer after that, but still, like that was a time where earlier in the third quarter, the Bucks could have pulled even closer. Maybe things changed. Pat had two, two huge buckets. Great, absolutely great game for him tonight uh, with 10, it was 10 points, nine rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block. Uh, he did have four fouls, whatever. He played 32 minutes. And, I mean, they just need – they definitely just need a guy – you talk about him being like a brick house. They just need that type of – that guy with that size, especially against Giannis. Uh, so I was really pleased with Pat's performance today. I talked about, like, all season I've had him coming back. I've had such – so low, low expectations for him just because he's so young, missing so much time with the injury that he had. It's just not fair to really expect a lot out of him. A game like tonight, again, not a huge box score game, but that it's, what he what he provided was huge. So it was really great to see that, uh, and it was awesome. Christian, you're on cash considerations. How are you feeling about that win? What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm out here in Reno, Nevada right now. I'm so stoked with this Bulls win. Been my favorite team for, for years since I was a kid. Um, man, I was nervous, stressed through the whole thing. But thankfully, we, you know, the whole team pulled through. I think everybody stepped up. They everybody did. who hit the, the court. Derek Jones Jr. hit a three like in that first quarter that I wasn't expecting him to hit. You know, just got great plays tonight. And it's the effort that these guys were missing throughout the end of the the, the last streak, uh, through the end of the, the regular season. Yep. They were missing effort. And they brought that effort tonight. And when you bring effort, that it's a totally, completely different game, no matter if you're you're, you're playing against the defending champions. When you bring effort, you're going to get plays and you're going to get calls, you know, your way. And I just want to take it back to like the Zach Levine discussion. I think that he got in his head in that third quarter because he turned it over twice, I believe. I think he threw it away once and then it was a shot clock violation on him. So I think he kind of stepped back because he got in his head. But definitely the, the knee could be uh, bothering him also. Thanks so much, dude. Totally agree with that. I'm even going to extend it a little further. I thought Levine looked pretty decent defensively. Like him and DeMar weren't having those super horrible defensive lapses that just totally killed the team, especially in the first half. I thought that like Donovan had them very prepared for what they were going to see from Milwaukee. Absolutely. Even if they weren't all like defending on a string Thibodeau style, it was good enough to where they could slow the Bucks down. And, man, the numbers prove it. Like, the Bucks offense has been performing way below the level you would expect them to and below their regular season level in this matchup. We got our boy Winky Christ here, longtime listener of the show. Always appreciate your support. What's going on, dude? Thank you so much for joining us. How are you feeling about that win? We did it, boys. We did it. <laughs> we got one. I'm so happy. Oh, you could actually say we could have gotten two. This team's got me so proud, dude. Like, I don't even care what happens. I'm just happy they showed up. Like, we were the laughing stock for, like, a month and a half in this league. And now, like, they actually look like they belong. The defense is getting flashes, like, the first part of the season. Like, it just feels good. And I just wanted to share that with people that I know feel the same way. Um I just wanted to also put a damper on everything because I did want to bring up the end of the game. 
when it seemed like they were holding on for dear life. They were. They were just trying to get this game to go to zero, like the clock. And it seemed like they didn't even give a fuck what happened on defense. Excuse my language. Like, they were just parting, like, the waters, like, letting them score whenever they want. And the Bucks were just wasting, like, five, six seconds every possession. And what I wanted to fast forward to was, obviously, we know what's going on with Middleton. So I'm guessing he's going to be doubtful for the next game, by the way. Does that, like, does that kind of force the Bucks' hand to just kind of pretty much go in that mode from the get-go next game? Because if you notice this game, there were so many times where they were just trying to get Middleton going and it wasn't working because Caruso was just all up in that ass. And that got, that kind of just messed with their offense for a while. But, like, you take Middleton off the floor and it's just Drew and, you know, Giannis. Does Giannis just be like, all right, the hell with it? Just game three starts, just let me do what I was doing the last five minutes of the fourth quarter nonstop from the beginning of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. I also think, especially in the first half, the Bulls' defensive strategy on Giannis was pretty good. Like, clearly the Bulls are making Giannis see two, three bodies in front of him at the rim every time he catches the ball or every time he has the ball at a standstill in the half court. Now, in the second half, what happened? Giannis got in the open floor. And Giannis got in the open floor a lot of times because he was making sick plays on the defensive end. When he does that, when he's able to get out and transition, that's when Giannis truly just, like, levels up above everyone else in the league. If it's a half-court game, if the game is slowed down, you know, you can poke some holes in Giannis's offense. Obviously, he's still absolutely fucking incredible, but he's not totally unstoppable. When he hits that totally unstoppable mode is when he's in the open floor. So I think that's sort of what changed in the second half is Giannis was able to get in the open floor. It's on the Bulls to be able to continually slow the game down. And I share your excitement. I share your worry a little bit. I can totally see what you're saying where like, you know, Middleton kind of played like ass. For most of this game, Drew, Drew, Drew and Middleton were fu- – they slept walk through that first half. They were fucking terrible. And they had like – I think they had more turnovers than points in that first half. It was – I saw our guy Ty Windish again from Eurostep. He tweeted something about that. Your, Middleton and Drew were awful in that first half. The Bulls did a great job on them. They were totally lost. Middleton finally caught, caught fire from three. Drew started picking it up late in the game, but – uh. I mean, obviously, if Middleton is gone, that is a – I mean, that's huge. Uh, yeah, he's their third I, best player. I mean, I would expect Giannis to come out like a – to come out and just be going really go, – go, getting after it in game three. Yeah. But for I mean, sure. Middleton's fucking great. I think Kevin was going to get into that point. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was just going to say if, he, if he's missing, he's, he's their third best player. And uh, I think he had like 13 points in the third quarter. Like – and help them get back like the bulls were kicking yeah. their ass and then middleton just started making every three-pointer he put up yep. um so that's like i mean if he's out for even a few games like that's a huge loss for them um i think it will give them a greater sense of urgency so the bulls have to be prepared for that it to speaking to uh winky's point but i think the other thing though is that like i think the bulls are still learning how to win um in these these high level games uh, and I, I do think that there was a lot of uh, just basically trying to hold on for dear life and not really playing playing their their game down the stretch, you know, uh, not playing the way that they they had done to get them the lead and, and get them in position to win the game, which I think as long as they don't do that out of the gate, then um, I'm not as concerned that Giannis is just going to score every time 
you know, within five seconds off the shot clock. Uh, but I do think that the Bucks, having lost a game, having lost home court and with Middleton out, I think um, as great as Giannis was, I think you're going to see even more urgency from him um, it, coming out of the gate on game three. So the Bulls got to be prepared for that. You guys think there's a chance Bobby misses next game too? Uh, let's see. I see. I'm seeing this from Did he have a scratch about Bobby's injury. What he got hit in the face by Tristan. Well, maybe one of the only, I don't want, I say, I don't want to, do it here, but Tristan doesn't do much good. Uh, I don't, did he elbow him? What? I, I feel like I saw the replay on that, but I didn't see that. Did he actually elbow him? Or was that like a poke in the eye? Like the what elbow, actually happened like there? The elbow he, right he elbowed him elbow? really hard in the face. Really right. hard in the face. All right. I, I when I saw the replay, I couldn't really tell like exactly like how Tristan hit him. Uh, Tristan's always just a goon. Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm, uh, I'm starting to think to myself, if Bobby misses and no Chris, like they're starting to get really thin because I don't know right. if you want to start playing, you know, right. bad back Lopez for like 38, 40 minutes a game. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be the yeah. point where they're yeah. gonna have obviously, to start yeah, obviously I don't. Want, I hope Bobby's all right. Uh, he had, it, that eye looked really bad. We'll, I guess we'll see. I don't think we have anything official exactly on like his status, uh, other than like I said, I'm reading, trying to read read this pool report about why like there wasn't like a. I mean that probably should have been reviewed for a flagrant. The Bulls probably did luck out on on that, but uh, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean if Chris is out and Bobby's out, I mean I, you're getting you're looking. Who else? I mean, who else do the Bucks have that they can throw out there? Don't know like George. It's like Jordan Nora. Is like he next in line? Abaka. Abaka. I think got it. I don't know if he pl- did. Abaka play at all tonight? He hasn't played much at all. He played. It says he played one minute according to the box score. So like, we can get Serge Abaka minutes. Are we gonna get Thanasis minutes? Like if if Bobby's out, they are. That's not great for them. So like, obviously yeah, again, don't root for yeah, injuries. Not super but deep. uh. That's it's not great for them. So Bobby's a big piece we'll of their team. I mean, yeah. this is the floor for Giannis. Giannis, yeah. his defensive ability covers up Bobby's half court defensive concerns. So will Bobby play? That's a big question. My gut tells me Portis is going to play. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Shocked. I was pretty shocked he didn't return in this game. So like. It's got to be a pretty serious injury for somebody with the mentality of Bobby Portis. I think he warmed up at halftime. TV camera showed him warming up at halftime. For him not to return, pretty surprising. Uh, we'll see how much longer we want to go on this. If anyone else wants to jump on stage, be our guest. I do sort of want to transition this, though, to Alex Caruso's post-game comments. If you saw the locker room video, the Bulls' Twitter account tweeted out, there was no wild celebration in the locker room when DeMar DeRozan is the last guy walked in. It was just calm, steady, like they expected to win. Caruso, after the game, on the significant of the, significance of the Bulls game to win from Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago, quote, go to game three. We got to win three more times. They got to win three more times. A lot more games to play. So to me, this tells me that – the Bulls don't believe that they are drawing dead in this series. They truly think they have a chance to win this. And I think that's what game two showed us. And really the first two games of this series showed us is that this isn't a fluke. The Bulls are competing with the Bucks on their level right now. 
I think for the first two games in Milwaukee, the Bulls outplayed them. It's a tied series because the Bulls couldn't hit shots in game one. But they're going back to Chicago tied 1-1. That's all you can ask for. I don't think it's a fluke. I think the Bulls met the Bucks at their level. Now, you know, the Bulls got some lucky breaks. They were able to knock out Portis and Middleton in this game if both those guys play the whole game. Do the Bucks win this game? It's certainly possible. But, you know, the Bulls have probably been the better team through the first two games. I don't think it's a fluke. That's pretty fucking crazy. Absolutely. I mean, and the Bulls have been missing their uh, one two-way player also for the last three months. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, things are a lot more interesting now. I, like I said, I'm not going to say the Bulls are going to win this series, but they are in a position now where maybe they can make make things interesting. If they can at least at least win one of these games in Chicago, go back to Milwaukee 2-2, and we, we had a best-of-three series. You never know what can happen. Uh We'll we'll see, man. I don't know, Kevin. You got anything else for us? We probably should wrap it up here. Wait, what? Hey, so Mike, wrap it up. Can you hear me? Yep. Kevin, I can. Hear I got you. A, oh. I got a, I got kind of a crappy signal because I'm walking my dog now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was just gonna say my biggest thing is that honestly everything at this point is gravy. I thought that they were gonna get swept, um, and. You know, to to compete at this level with these guys, um, you know, they're the defending champions and the Bulls do not look scared. They like we've said multiple times, they outplayed them, I think, in both games. Um, and they have they have the home court advantage now. Uh, I and they have a chance to really make it interesting. But this season now is a success to me. And I'm just going to take whatever else comes as uh, gravy because uh, I I genuinely thought they were going to get swept before the playoffs started. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Bulls season to me was just a success getting this six seed and having the one seed 70% of the way through the season, just really like revitalizing the fan base with the first fun bowl season since probably 2015, maybe longer. But if the Bulls would have went out like clowns after such a bad second half of the season, we still would have kind of felt horrible heading into the offseason. Just the fact that they are competing and that they got a game and then it feels like we can talk ourselves into them, you know, getting at least one more, maybe actually making this a series if Middleton isn't going to play. It does sort of like change your whole outlook on this team where instead of just rolling over and dying when Lonzo got hurt, when they got hit with adversity, they dug deep, man. And to seal this game, it's just, it just feels so good to see him get a win. Kevin O'Connor from the ringer KOC just tweeted, the Bulls have a real chance of being the Bucks if Middleton misses the rest of the series. Obviously, again, hope Middleton's all right. But, I mean – just looking at the situation, maybe maybe they do. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna take a lot. The Bulls are gonna have to execute. The Bulls are gonna have to play really well. Uh, we we haven't talked about how like basically it's taken most of their basically their, their starters. The Bulls bench. We got some decent a few tr- decent Tristan moments. Uh, we did get a Derek Jones Jr. three, but like the Bulls bench today was awful, mostly terrible. They Billy mostly went with the starters. Uh, it would be nice to see anybody else step up. Kobe had a really rough game tonight. After I thought Kobe played, I thought Kobe played pretty well in Game One. He was not good in Game Two, but uh, I feel like a lot of people with this Middleton injury. Again, I don't want to 
celebrate Chris Middleton's injury, but thinking the Bulls might have a chance with this, be- uh, kind of similar to the Booker uh, Pelican Suns thing going on here, that maybe the Bulls have a chance to, m- to either make this interesting or win this series. We will see. A lot of work to do left. We had game three on Friday. I'll be there on Friday. I, was, I, I felt like a sucker, but I bought tickets like a week or so ago to this game three on Friday. Like, oh my, like the tickets weren't expensive. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to this game, playoff game. Not thinking much of it, but now that it's 1-1, super excited that I'm going to be in the at, in the building for it. It's going to be fun. Hopefully the UC will be rocking. Hopefully the Bulls come out with the same energy because they, they really have outplayed the Bucks through these two games. I did not expect it after how they played the, down the stretch of the season. They seem like a just kind of like a dead team walking. They have really stepped it up. Credit to Billy Donovan. Credit these, to these players for picking up the energy level, picking up the effort. Uh, and we'll see, man. Maybe Maybe they do really have a chance here. All right, late night. I think we got to wrap this up. I just saw a stat float around on Twitter. I haven't confirmed it yet, but that DeRozan shot eight of nine with Giannis as his primary defense. I saw, I saw that too. I liked that tweet. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, also, he was like, going at him. He was absolutely. In terms of the bench, Javante played fourteen minutes off the bench. Kobe played ten minutes, and then those were the only two guys off the bench to crack double digit minutes. Donovan's going to be riding his guys, and you got to. You have to in this series. 43 minutes for Zach, even though he's playing hurt. 44 for DeMar. Vooch playing 36 with five fouls. Uh, you know, we could, we could spend all day talking about, like, the role players on this roster and whatever, but this roster was built around Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. If the Bulls are actually going to com- seriously compete to try to win this series, and Man, maybe I'm feeling the Kool-Aid, but after watching that game in with this Bucks injury situation, I feel like they might have a chance right now. It's going to be on those three guys, right? It's not going to come down to Kobe White to win him a game. He played 10 minutes. He shot one of five. He threw a pass at DeMar's ankles at one point. It's fine. Kobe is still going to be important in this series, just like Javante. Maybe at home. Role players, role players play better at home. Maybe Kobe will have a home moment. Yeah. In small bunches, and we've been saying we've been saying all season, Jason, that Kobe's has the potential to win him a playoff game by getting hot from three. Hopefully, it happens. But point is, it's going to be Zach Demar and Vooch and Caruso leading the way. That's how this roster was built, and that's what's going to you know power them through the playoffs and for the rest of this series. So I think you can sign it off, Jason. It's super late. Thank you everyone for joining us. Hundred listeners in here feels great. Really appreciate you guys interacting with Cash Considerations. And we'll have this podcast up, uh, you know, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Thank you so much to Christian and Winky Christ for coming up and uh, leaving comments. And, of course, Kevin Farrigan from the Dennis Podman Bulls podcast. Make sure to subscribe to that as well. Jace, you could take us home. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. It's late. We're after after midnight uh, at Central Time. Late gate with the fucking bullshit, like 9 p.m. start. Absolutely brutal. Whatever. It's terrible scheduling. But. We all stayed up stayed up late to watch the Bulls win this game tonight. Absolutely awesome. Uh, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to everybody, as Ricky, you said to everybody for uh, interacting with our pod today. Uh, I will, be, Like I said, I will be at the game Friday night, so we will not have one of these late night pods on Friday night, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not sure when our next pod will be after this game. We'll try to, we'll figure it out, see how things are going. Maybe we'll try to sneak with the, sneak one in on Saturday. Again, demandings are going. 
we will totally see. But thank you very much for listening. Shout out to Blue Wire Network. We will talk to you guys next time. Go Bulls. What a great fucking win tonight. We're going back to Chicago one-on-one. Take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.